With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Surfside Bus Lines. Free shuttle buses to and from the Magic Millions. Visit surfside.com.au. Welcome to Magic Millions Radio with Chris Nelson. Good morning on this Magic Millions Eve. It's Friday the 14th of January 2022 and we're like kids in a candy store. We can't wait for tomorrow. The big day on the Gold Coast with, of course, nine races, over $10 million worth of prize money. What a day it's going to be. There's going to be a massive crowd there. The weather's going to be fine. We're going to have a cloudless sky, 28 odd degrees. You can't paint a more perfect picture than that. Now, on today's show, we're going to kick it off with Tim Rowe, as we normally do. Tim's going to go back and have a look at uh, yesterday's results and what lots we've got to look forward to uh, today uh, in the sale yards there at the auditorium. Myself, Nick Lloyd, who I'll introduce in just a moment, and Tom Hackett, we're going to have a bit of a uh, chat after the first break uh, regarding the races tomorrow, who we think uh, are going to win the big races. We'll just decipher those a little bit, go through some of the others, give our best bets uh, and see if we can find everybody a winner. After the uh, the news, uh, halfway through the hour, we'll get uh, Chris Munce along for a chat. We tried to catch up with Chris yesterday, but he was busy at the sales. So we'll have another crack at trying to get Chris today. We're going to talk about Dance Hero winning the Magic Millions uh, back in 2004. And of course, he also won on Accelerator in 2001. We'll have a chat about that also. After that, the last segment of the show was chat to Steve Hawkins, of course. He is synonymous with the Gold Coast, of course, called their races for uh, many, many years. I'd love to hear him back there calling some more races, but he's going to join us in the last uh, segment of the show. He's going to have another phantom call. He's going to go through the best of the best. So my top 10 uh, Magic Millions moments, he's going to add in a few more of his own and going to give us a race call, and I'll see if he comes up with the same result. I gave him my 10, but I gave them in no particular order. So we'll see if Steve comes up with the same uh, 10 in order. I doubt that very much. I'm sure we'll have differing opinions. Now, before we get to Tim, Nick, Nick Lloyd's joining us, of course, form analyst here on SEN Track. How are you this morning, Nick? Excited? Yeah, yeah not bad, Chris. Uh, thanks for having me on. Very Pleasure. excited. Uh, like you said, pretty much Christmas Eve, isn't it, it is. for us punters? Yeah, it's uh, either Stradbroke Derby Day is Christmas Eve or uh, or this one. So someone said to me yesterday, you get two grand finals in Queensland with the Stradbroke and the Magic Million. So some people don't get any. So we're doing well. That's right. Yeah, it's a uh, good place to be here in Queensland over the summer. It certainly is. Now, speaking of good places to be, Tim Rowe's been down at the sales all week. Tim from ANZ Bloodstock, you were spot on again yesterday, Tim, with uh, your prognostications. $1.9 million for lot 585. Good morning, Chris. Uh, yeah, that wasn't a surprise, but uh, to me, perhaps there was uh, seven other million-dollar lots. It was quite an extraordinary day of trade for Magic Millions, their biggest on record. Biggest on record. So it's just going from strength to strength. Uh, highlights of the day away from away from lot 585? Uh, yeah, look, again, uh, Azu Star, a half to yes, 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 made 800000 
you know, there, there was it was just there was numerous horses that were making really obviously the top lots. But I think what needs to be highlighted is the average is nearly three hundred thousand, mm. and there's buyers four and five buyers on on all these, most of these horses at really good you know really good valuation. So um, it's the depth of the market more than the, the top lots. They tend to sell themselves, you know, the big players and. But it's uh, below that where the trainers and syndicators and everyone's having a really big crack. Now you said that uh, average just under three hundred, two hundred ninety-eight thousand uh, six hundred odd dollars. Question without notice: How does that stack up with previous years? Oh, that's well and truly a record. Magic's, you know, it has been uh, climbing as you know, the whole industry has been climbing the last few years, um, particularly since COVID. But you know, if you go back to the past decade, at least, it has been steadily climbing. But um, yeah, that's a that's a big jump for Magic Millions. You've got to consider this is the second year they've uh, increased the size of their catalogue. So when you do that, normally the average goes down. But that hasn't been the case as yet. All right, we've still got a few days to go, particularly today. And look, tomorrow night after the races is generally a strong session as well, isn't it? It is. It's a lot of fun, and you know everyone's been at the races. They've probably had a few drinks some too many and uh, you know get a rush of blood and um it's it's a different atmosphere on the saturday night that's for sure but uh still plenty of good horses going through the ring they wake up on the sunday morning and think how the hell am i going to pay for that <laughs> yeah, exactly right uh, that's uh, as long as they've got credit from jerry harvey he'll sort them out <laughs> i'm sure he will now today and tomorrow night uh, what lots should we be looking out for uh well today i've got uh four lots i think will you know, of, of interest, uh, Sedge and Ho, they sold the $1.7 million, not a single doubt. Cold on Wednesday, they've got another uh, really good hand today with an Iron Invincible filly lot 669. Um, she's out of uh, Villa Carlotta, Group 2 place, two-year-old, um, bred by John Camilleri, of course, who bred Winks. So, you know, that, that'll always be John's claim to fame. Mm-hmm. Um, and But aside from that, she is a lovely filly and expected to sell well look when i can't imagine we're going to have eight million dollar lots today or anything like that but she could be one that goes close close to that figure um another one uh just before that uh, oh sorry just after that is like six seven six another i'm invincible uh from milburn creek in the southern highlands uh as a half brother to stakes priced uh gelding spend who sold for a lot of money as a yearling so um and out of a listed winner walk with attitude so got the pedigree there um expected to you know sell well as is what 704 um a schnitzel colt from arrowfield um out of the listed winner you're so good who was trained by uh, nigel blackston and ran second in the 2013 australian guineas behind furlax so you know savabeel mayor savabeel champion stallion in new zealand but doing a great job as a broodmare sire as well now. So uh, you'd expect to, you know, that, that cold will command a lot of interest. And uh, if you want the last one, yeah, of course. an interesting one, lot, lot 719, a Lope de Vega cult from Acume that people might remember, um, who Aquas owned. They wrote, they, I think Toby Edmonds trained her at the end to have one start in the UK with Hootson over there. Um, you know, and then they sent it to Lope de Vega and sold her. So, um, that colt's now going through the ring. You know, it's from the family of Splintex and um, Mark Newman. Look, I'm, I don't think Darley would mind me saying this. You know, Akim's a Sepoy mare, and Sepoy's been a, let's face it, a very disappointing stallion. But 
I think he might be still a chance as a broodmare sire, and that sort of showed up in the market. There was a zoo star cult that made more than a million out of a sepoy mare and philosopher of James Harron's cult that won on Saturday at Caulfield's out of a sepoy mare. So it's not, all's not lost there. It's just uh, he probably had high expectations and hasn't delivered. All righty, so lots 669-676-704 and 719. Sounds like someone's phone number. And just yesterday... You mentioned uh, the 503 Sister to Hoots, and I saw it was passed in for 450. Uh, was that one eventually sold or stayed passed in? Uh, yeah, I think she was sold for 500,000. I've got a feeling uh, Queensland agents and owners Cunningham Thoroughbreds and uh, Jim Clark there got a deal done at half a million. So, um, you know, yeah, she's found a new home and uh, we'll. Yeah, be put into work. I just don't have it in front of me, but I've got a feeling maybe um, Tony Gollum. But uh, good. You know, get to yeah, see her up so. here. That's excellent, uh, Tim. Yeah, definitely. You have been fantastic all week. You've been uh, you've gone above and beyond, and your predictions have all been spot on. So we can't thank you enough for joining us. I'll catch up with you some stage, and I owe you at least a dinner. So thank you very, very much for your help. Anytime, Chris. Thanks very much. No worries. Thank you, Tim. Tim Rowe joining us this morning, as he has basically every day this week, and he's done an outstanding job. We'll go for a break. After the break, we'll come back with Nick in the studio and Tommy Hackett on the phone. I think. And we'll talk about tomorrow's meeting, see if we can find a winner or three. Surfside Bus Lines. Free shuttle buses to and from the Magic Millions. Visit surfside.com.au. This is Magic Millions Radio with Chris Nelson. Thanks for joining us this morning on Magic Millions Radio. Now it's time to get serious and find some winners for the big day tomorrow. I've got Nick Lloyd to my left and I've got Tom Hackett on the phone. Tom, good morning to you. Good morning, boys. Very, very excited for tomorrow. The countdown's well and truly on. I think it's a tough day for the punters, but I think we can help them find a few winners. Have we had a Magic Millions Day yet that isn't a tough day, Tom? There was one. I think the year that Capitalist won. Yes. Uh, Capitalist won the main race. Uh, there was an upset in the Guineas, but we can, uh, sorry, Lucky Hustler won early in the day. Stratum start early in the day. I remember it was one of my great days on the punt, and it was a horrible day for Ludbrokes on the book. So I think that, that's the one year. We can, uh, the punters definitely got the uh, got the upper hand. I think you're right. I remember tipping about four winners that day, so it must have been easy, but none of them either side have been. So anyway, let's hope tomorrow's uh, a good day for the punters. Nick, how are your confidence levels? Oh, you've got to go in with a little bit of confidence. <laughs> Every week you do. <laughs> no, that's it. That's it. But no, look, it is, it is a tough day. Um, but I think if you can find one or two winners, you probably walk away in front. I think you're dead right there. Now, Tommy, what we'll do, we'll have a look uh, firstly at the, uh, the main two races, just the markets and the, uh, and the drifters or the, uh, the firmers or the market movers to make it uh, easy. And then we'll give a tip. And uh, you can kick us off with those market movers and betting in the big race, race seven, the two-year-old classic. It's been an interesting market, the Magic Millions Classic here, because there really hasn't been that much movement since the Barrow draw. Cool and Gala still the clear favourite, $2.15. Hasn't been overwhelmingly well backed for a, a short price favourite in a big feature race. Russian Conquest, six fifty out to $7. Miss Hellfire, still the market mover. It's been $11 into nine fifty. Soaring Ambitions there at $14 and there. The clear four standouts. There's then a pretty big gap there to Stupendo at $20 along with Mashani Spartan. So it's a race where the it hasn't been a huge amount of movement, but there's been three or four key chances that most of the money has been for. Any money for uh, Golden Artie? Anything, please? No, no, nothing for Golden Artie. Got out to $34. Is back into $26 now, but it uh, still drifted out from its opening price to $21. All right, Nick, who do you like? 
Um, I'm staying away from the favourite. Just uh, I, I'm not sure about that form around Thelwell last start. Um, I'd, I like actually uh, Perfect Mission for Michael Costa, local galloper. It's had four starts, a win, and three runner-up efforts. But those three seconds, they've all been in pretty decent races, and it's been sort of hitting the line nicely every start, just really suggesting that I think 1,200 for the first time on the home track is going to be right up her alley. Uh, she was a good winner here two starts ago, one by three lengths, and then uh, Costa telling me during the week that he had to put her in the paddock between runs. Uh, she got galloped on in that yeah. start, so she really needed the run the other day in the Gold Pearl. Um, loomed, looked like the winner, but I suppose fitness just told late when she missed a bit of a gallop during the week, so I think she's come through that run well. Uh, she's going to be able to follow Cool and Gatter everywhere she goes from barrier 14, and the home track advantage, I think it can pay dividends. So perfect mission on top for me. What price, Tom? $20 perfect mission. So a bit of value there for uh, punters that want to follow Nick in here. Okay, $20. Well worth having something each way. Yourself, Tom, who do you fancy in the big one? I'm taking on the favourites as well here. I just, uh, I'm like Nick, I've just got a question mark over Cool and Gutter's last start win. I'm with Miss Hellfire here at the $9.50. Did enough on debut uh, behind soaring ambitions suggests that she does have some talent. I was quite impressed by a win last start at the Gold Coast, and that's been the profile in recent years. I've seen a lot of horses on the quick backup come down and win the Magic Millions Classic. Uh, Exhilarate did it. Uh, Sunlight did it as well. So that's sort of been the right profile in recent years. Team Snowden, they know how to win a big two-year-old race. I just think she's improved. Uh, that really improved that second race. Start. And she just looks quite a professional filly. I'm not sure you can quite say that about Cool and Gather. So happy to be with Miss Hellfire here at $9.50. Now, if we lose the uh, emergencies, which we probably will, she'll jump from gate 10. I think I've got that right. And just looking at uh, past records, there's been two horses that have won from gate 10, Bold Promise and Accelerator. So uh, worth keeping that in mind. I actually do think she'll win. I don't think she's any value, obviously, at the price. But I thought that run at Doomben was a good one because the pace was on early. The, the first 600 was run at a very slick tempo and there was a lot of pressure up front. And she absorbed that and she came away and she won. Yeah, she was put under pressure to win, but she won by a couple of lengths. And I think she'll take good, uh, I think she'll take good benefit from that particular run. Look, what happens early on is obviously the key. Does she get... Uh, does she get posted wide? Do they take her on in front? Does she? How far does she push forward? She won't lead, but she'll be right up there, I would think. So I'm with her. I think she's the one to beat Cool and Gatter. I think my ruffie, or well, my best ruffie, is number five, Golden Artie. I mean, he's won one of three. His debut, he should have won. Uh, his first start run this prep, he should have won. So he could be three from three. If he was, he'd be a much shorter price. Obviously, the barrier's not good at all, but he's going to probably settle around midfield slightly better with some cover in the run. And if they're running on from the back, if they do go crazy in front, then he might be uh, the one that's coming home strongly. So I'll definitely have an each-way ticket on number five, Golden Artie, but I do think number nine, Cool and Gatter, is the one to beat. All right, Tommy, let's move on to the other main race on the day. Uh, race number eight, the $2 million Gold Coast Magic Millions, three-year-old guineas over 1,400 metres. Market, please. Very, very open betting race this one. Jamea is the favourite. Been $5 out to five fifty, but still hangs on to favouritism here. King of Sparta is $6. I'm lethal, $7. The market mover has been Mimi Legarde, despite that wide barrier draw. It's been $14 into $12. Well, there's still been a bit of specking at a price for Bend the Knee at $21. So not a huge move for any particular horse, but definitely been money for quite a few runners in this field. I'm a big rap for Mimi Lagarde. We had Trent Edmonds on the show earlier in the week and asked him what he thought of the barrier draw, and he wasn't obviously too impressed. 
he didn't want to go back to last because he doesn't think she's that good that she'll be able to run these horses down. But look, that's interesting. There's been money for her. She's going to have to try and settle probably midfield or worse and gain a bit of cover. But gee, she can uh, she can finish off. Nick, I know you're quite keen on her chances. Yeah, I thought she was probably the one at a little bit of value in the race, uh, Chris. But that wide barrier, like we said during the week, it's a it's a bit of a concern. I actually thought Jamea was one of the better bets on the card, though. Um, she's she's a dual Group Two winning filly from the Robert and Luke Price stable at Kembla. She comes up here first up, so the fourteen hundred meters first up, it's a little bit of a concern. She obviously missed that run in the Nudgee when the track got to a heavy ten a couple of weeks ago. Yep. Um, but she's had three trials. They've all been really impressive, and I just think that this race has been the target all along. So Tommy Berry on board from Barry 8, it's just perfect. She gets in behind what's going to be a hot tempo, and, you know, that, that form around in the Congo and Animal in a Golden Rose last start, it just jumps off the page in sort of one of these restricted sales races. So I thought Jamea, definite standout. I know one you're keen on, I don't mind as well. Definite standout. I like your confidence there. You're speaking of Starman when you, you suggest the one that I like as well, but I'll worry about mine after. Tom, who do you like? I'm with Nikki. I really like Jamaa. She's been one of mine basically throughout her entire career. She just got on her day. She has an explosive turn of foot and she can really finish over the top of her rivals. I think if the track, as long as the track isn't playing leaderish, I think she's going to be very tough to, tough to hold out. And in my opinion, if she was from a, a, a bigger stable, she'd be a $3 chance in this race. Because if you look at her form, it's, it's outstanding. As Nick said, she's got former Animo and in the Congo and the Golden Rose. Uh, she's a multiple uh, Group 2 winner. So I think if they can run on and win, she'll be uh, very tough to beat. The horse I want to play at a bit of a prize here is Rhapsody Rose. $26 to win, $7 to place with Lab Ropes was very poor in the gold edition last start, but I think that run was a little bit too bad to be true. I'm confident she's a much better filly than that uh, run suggests because her two wins before that were excellent. She was really good in the mode plate and uh, good before that as well. So I'm happy to forgive her for that gold edition plate run. I think at $26, the win, $7, the play. I think she's a good bet to run a drum here. Yeah, some good value there. I am with number six, Starman each way. I think you've got to go each way in this race. There's so many chances. There's so much interstate form. I mean, from Sydney and Melbourne here, particularly Sydney. I'm respecting uh, number eight, I Am Lethal. I thought the win at Kensington was good because it took off uh, well before the home turn and sustained that sprint right to the line. It was uh, an impressive win on that occasion, but draws very, very poorly. But this starting point, well, it's the, the uh, most fairest on the track here at the Gold Coast. Uh, the other one there, King of Sparta, well, he'll get back, but... Look, at these meetings, and you probably agree, Nick, you may, you may not, but they generally run on down the outside, these these major or feature Gold Coast meetings. Uh, whether that'll be the case tomorrow remains to be seen, but you don't get too many winners shooting up along the inside. It does happen, because I think I remember something knocking off Soxagon last year. I'll never get over it. I don't know what the horse was. Do you remember what it was? I know 11-11 beat it that's last it, that's year, it, that's but it. I, was, uh, I was thinking of Crone darting up and be- oh, yeah, beating knocking a theory over, yeah. in the, uh, in yeah. the Phillies and Mares That's another race. one. Oh, what I a great s- day that was uh, last year. I still haven't got over that. But <laughs> <laughs> So for me, it's uh, it's Starman here, but I'm certainly throwing in King of Sparta, and I'm certainly throwing in I Am Lethal, and I am not uh, leaving out Jamea uh, in my exotics as well. So I respect your thoughts there, guys. Now, uh, Nick and I will give our best bets at the end of the show, Tom, but You've got a couple of minutes if you want to give us uh, some other thoughts on the card and any others that you're keen on or market moves, etc. Yeah, absolutely. I think earlier in the day, uh, the second race, the Magic Millions quality is a pretty interesting affair. There's been a bit of money around for one I like, which is Love Tap. It's the market mover in this race. It's been 650 into 550. Wheelhouse is the favourite here at 250. I'm sort of happy to, to bet around him. Uh, it's a $2, two wins from 14 race starts, and now you want to take $2.50. Not for me. Love Tap. 
hasn't had a huge amount of luck this preparation. I don't think it was at its best last start behind uh, Wheelhouse after taking up the running there. But if he brings his best form, it's more than uh, good enough to win a race of this quality. And maps to get a really nice run here right on the speed with Tim Clark in the saddle. So I have to play Love Tap early in the day at the $5.50. Mm-hmm. I think uh, a little bit later in the card, and really, I think it's a really interesting race this year, the Phillies and Mares race, which uh, Nut Dance is the $3.80 favourite. Crone's the market mover, eight fifty into $7. And uh, I think she uh, is a bit of value herself here, Crone. But I think Kiku might be ready to win here. Last start, finished second behind Kementari in the buffering. Before that, was really good third behind Mirror Vision in the eight stakes. I think that's, that's proper black type form. And uh, she comes out uh, in what I'm not sure is that much of a stronger race. So Crone's the obvious danger, but this is a definite afterthought for Crone because she was meant to be in the breeding barn. So uh, if Crone brings her best form, she'll be, she could go back to back. But I like Kiku there at the uh, $6 mark. The Magic Mead Snippet, fascinating race. Away game versus Isotope. Away game, the $3.30 favourite with Love Brokes at the moment. Isotope, three sixty. Baller, eight fifty. Been a long time between wins for away game, but I'm sticking with her here. I think she was really good for last start in the Christmas Stakes behind Maribai, who is the new boom sprinter. She's been raced really well in Queensland in the past. Obviously, won the Magic Millions Classic earlier this year. She won a really hot edition of the WJ Healy Stakes. And she didn't win during the spring in Melbourne, but she was really close in what I think are tougher races than this. So, happy to back her to to knock off Isotope. And finally, the Magic Millions Cup might be the highlight of the, of the day for mine. Special K, Kementari, the 550 favourite. Apache Chase is flying at 650. Drawn Barrier 21, though. 11-11, we know, has a great record at the Magic Millions. But I think a horse that represents some value here is Bo Rossa. $9.50. First up in the Favalon was good. Should take good improvement from that. But if you look at his form in the spring, he was narrowly beaten by Behemoth at Group 1 level over 1,400 metres. He was really good in the spring stakes where uh, there was the, uh, the, the protest there. So if he brings his best form, he will need a little bit of luck in running from Barrier 16. But I think 9.50 is well and truly over the odds in the Magic Millions Cup. Great work, Tommy. Now tell me, out of all of those, your best bet and your best value? Best value is definitely Bo Rossa there in uh, race six. That's race six, number three, Bo Rossa. And the best bet early in the day, race two, number three, Love Tap for Richard and Michael Friedman. Sounds great. Thanks for uh, your time, Tom. Really appreciate it. Hope you have a great Magic Millions Day tomorrow. Many winners to you. We'll chat to you soon. Thanks, guys. Good luck tomorrow. Yep, same to you. That's it for uh, our preview segment. We'll go to the news. And when we come back from the news, we'll have a chat to twice Magic Millions two-year-old classic winning jockey, Chris Munts. In the straight and Dance Hero, the front runner. Flying Firebird under pressure. Tani Girl coming with a run. Down the outside is Charge Ford. And Big Olingi's got to the outside and she's charging down the centre of the track. 200 to go. Dance Hero in front. Charge Ford. Here comes Olingi with a great run. Dance Hero in front. Charge Ford trying hard. Olingi can't reach them. Dance Hero clings on. He wins the slipper. Gay's done it again. Dance Hero's beaten Charge Ford. Third maybe Olingi from Fastnet Rock. He's steering a little wide on Dance Hero as they straighten up. They've got 450 metres left to go. Dance Hero, an eighth in front of Wager. Fastnet Rock on the outside, followed by One World. Where's Charge Forward? He's still well back in the field, giving the leader a long start. Dance Hero's in front. He puts his foot flat to the floor now. Dance Hero shot away from them. He's two lengths in front of Fastnet Rock and Wager. Dance Hero's in front. He's starting to feel the pinch a little bit, but he's going to get home with the sires. Dance Hero first, second Wager, the Quinella de Gay. 
Dance Heroes in front as they straighten up. He stripped it about three off the fence. Wages coming after him on the outside. Now the acid test is there for the top two-year-old Dance Hero. And he is responding. He's giving him a little push now, Dance Hero. He's a length in front of Wager. Sava Beale and Kid George. Dance Heroes in front with 250 metres to go. He's the champion two-year-old of Australia. He completes the Grand Slam. There he goes to the line. A great triple crown winner. Dance Hero first. Here we go, Nick. How about that? Some memories for you. That was Dance Hero not winning the Magic Millions because that audio is just, uh, I can't find anything on that. <laughs> I've looked and I've searched for hours. But that was, of course, Dance Hero winning the Triple Crown in 2004. The Golden Slipper, the Size Produce and the Champagne at Rose Hill, Ramwick and Ramwick. And, of course, the Jockey at two of those occasions. But, of course, who rode Dance Hero to victory in the Magic Millions as Chris Munson. Chris joins us this morning. How are you going, Chris? Good morning, Chris. How are you going? Very well, thanks. Now I've got Nick Lloyd with him as well. You know, Nick. Uh, you know, Nick very well. How are you, Chris? Yes, yes. Good, Nick. How are you, mate? Yeah, not too bad. Now we just thought we'd go back and uh, you would have first of all. That'd be lovely to hear some of those race calls again. And, and Wayne Wilson calling those uh, Group Ones was good too. Yeah, it was my word. You know, it, um, it's always been a race. The Magic Millions just let's produce good horses, and. Um, you know, Dance Hero was certainly, he was one of those. I was going to say, um, he was just a really good horse to you, a good sprinter. You won many times on him. Uh, where does he rate in the uh, in the horses that you've uh, ridden over the years? How high does he rate up the order? I think he'd be up there one of the best two-year-olds you, you would see. Um, people just don't understand what this horse did. He was beaten his first start in the race in the beater's plate, put away, come back. And he was basically unbeaten right through then until um, he raced in the Golden Slipper before uh, the Champagne Stakes. So that horse raced in Sydney, uh, qualified obviously for the Magic Millions, come up here, won the Magic Millions, went back and won the Triple Crown, all of the two-year-old, which is... And he still holds... I'm pretty confident, if I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure he still holds the uh, track record for the Golden Slipper um, for, for the race. So he was probably as good a two-year-old as, as you would ever see. And, of course, he uh, he was tipped out after the champagne. He returned in the San Domenico. He ran third. Uh, he ran fourth in the up-and-coming, and he was back in the winner's list, winning winning the Royal Sovereign with uh, with you aboard, beating Eramine. Yeah, he was a funny horse. He sort of, I think, the two-year-old race, he took a little bit out of him. He, I think that's, correct me again if, I, if I'm wrong, Chris, but I don't think he won any other races apart from that. Um, up until I won the the challenge, I think it was, or the, the race down the straight on Derby Day. Yep. As a as a five year old, six year old, so um, he was knocking on the door, which just never was able to to crack it for another win. But that day, I was talking to Michael Angelos yesterday, um, one of his owners, and he remembers it very very well, and it was a terrific day. Well, just looking back at that um, that Triple Crown, I know you didn't ride him in the sires. Were you suspended then? I was. Okay. I think Glenn Boss ran. He did. He um, did. But just, yeah, I think Glenn Boss ran. But just looking at the calibre of horses that he was racing up against and beating, Alingi ran third in the Golden <laughs> Slipper. Uh, Fastnet Rock ran third in the Sires. Uh, Sava Beal ran third in the Champagne. I mean, they're not bad horses. And there's a couple there of uh, turned into pretty handy Sires as well. I think there were six individual Group 1 winners behind him in the Golden Slipper. Charge forward, as you said, Alingi, Fastnet Rock. Um, and there's a few others there that escaped me, but um, it was as good a two-year-old um, golden slipper as you've seen in a long time. And I, I think what's a little bit, I suppose, um, harsh for the horse is the fact that he was a gelding. And I mean, if he had been a colt, 
back then he back then he would have been worth anywhere from 30 40 50 million back in 2004 you know yeah. but the fact that he was going i think it set to take a lot of the gloss away for him um but certainly um he was a very good galloper now of course you also won the magic millions in 2001 on accelerator how are the memories for accelerator accelerator was a very exciting horse trained by gay also yeah, it was. And he ended up coming out, I think, on Epsom or Doncaster, something like that, um, later on in his career. But he was a very, very good galloper. Same deal. He'd probably come onto the scene a little bit late. He qualified late to come up to the Magic Millions and um, was able to win it. He was one of those horses. He flew underneath the radar. I think that year she had a lot of expensive dealings that she bought. And I don't think from memory Accelerator was overly expensive. And he just sent to fly beneath the radar and he kept on improving the first hour trial. And he just kept... Um, taking that next step and next step, and he was just a, a natural, natural galloper. Chris, Magic Millions Day and the whole week. Well, what does it mean to you? It's such an exciting time, and having won the race a couple of times, it would obviously mean more than to you than most people. But uh, it must bring back some great memories. It does yes, and does. I mean, you know, the back as far as when I rode Sunblazer for my boss Eric Kerwin, it was the second ever running at a Magic Millions. I think I was only seventeen or eighteen at the time. Um, I was a first apprentice to win the Magic Millions, and um, that horse, Sunblaze, had been broken in. But, well, we'd, we'd done him at the stables, basically, which is what was the norm back then. You know, we used to break him in at the in the, in the sand roll and get on him and ride him and, and um, get him going that way. And So he won the he won the 1989, I think, from memory, um, Magic Millions. And then, of course, Brave Warrior come along in, in um, 93, I think it was. So he was a, another exceptional galloper, which was trained by my... Um, boss Eric Kerwin. Yeah, and I was just going to mention before we let you go, Brave Warrior, I mean, you were down to ride Brave Warrior, but you had a fall earlier in the day, is that right? I did, yeah. Yeah, um, Kathy, my wife, owned a share in the horse, and um, I was, I'd was i ridden him um, all the way through, and um, early in the day, a horse I'd ridden um, fell, and I was ended up listening to the race in hospital on a radio, so it was a bit of a bittersweet day, but yeah. certainly uh, Pindara Hospital was, was getting pretty rowdy when you hit the line. <laughs> How better it was. Chris, thanks for your time this morning. All the best uh, tomorrow with your runners and going forward. I really appreciate you joining us. And uh, as I said, hopefully we can land or you can land some winners tomorrow. Good on you, Chris. Appreciate it. Good thanks, on you, Chris. Man. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Chris Munch joining us there, Nick. He's uh, he's a very popular man. And uh, I think I got that wrong. I think he's written three. as He's quite rightly pointed out Sunblazer, which went back further than my record showed. <laughs> so, yeah, as an apprentice, he's written Sunblazer. That's three Magic Millions uh, victories for Chris Munts. We'll go for a break. When we come back from the break, it's time for our phantom call with Steve Hall. Surfside Bus Lines. Free shuttle buses to and from the Magic Millions. Visit surfside.com.au. This is Magic Millions Radio with Chris Nelson. Now, Nick, my next guest is Steve Hawkins. He is a legend. Well, he's the Gold Coast race calling legend, but it's not the only place that Steve has called, obviously, but... uh, People will know him from the Gold Coast. You must be aware. I know you're only young, Nick, but you must be aware of Steve Hawkins. Yeah, the um, I've heard a few of the older calls and whatnot. So, uh, yes, it's uh, I know uh, Steve. Steve's a, a dead set legend, and I'm pleased to say he's joined us this morning again. He's going to give us a phantom race call towards the end of the segment. But, Steve, always great to catch up with you, Magic Millions time, because you've got so many good memories regarding the Millions. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Good morning. I don't know about legend, but um, yes, I was a race caller there for 22 years. But... Um, yeah, look, great times. Um, some fond memories. Magic Millions Day certainly a great day. And I think who, who would have thought that this little known sales company would start 
uh, a sales race which people thought would fall over and never last. And here we are from 1987 when Snippets won the first running uh, from the 86 uh, yearling sale. Um, how it went on to bigger and better things and now is one of the, the best days in the world's racing calendar. Well, we had David Chester from Magic Millions on the show yesterday and, and he gave us a bit of a yeah. bit of a background, how it all started and how he had to run around mm. and try and uh, go to these um, stud farms and breeders, etc. And he was chased off, uh, chased off many of them, he said. Oh, they all thought, they, oh, and look, David's uh, one of the great auctioneers of all time, and, and he was a part of this um, this group of people trying to race cars. They all thought they were mad, but I mean, when you look back at it, I mean, it's now just the, the benchmark, isn't it, when it comes to these early races and exciting times, and, and not only races, I mean, there's all these social events, the polo now, and the, the, you know, the, the barrier draw on the beach. I remember when we first the barrier draw, back in the day, we did it in the... I think it was in the shopping centre. It was in the Broadbeach Mall. And there was probably about 20 people there, I reckon. There wasn't a lot of people there. I think, uh, from memory, Singo's daughter was one of the guests, um, uh, one of the guests barrier draw, doing the barrier draw, yep. and then we did the casino, yep. and then and then it um, basically went to the beach, and, and it's become bigger and bigger, and they just get thousands of people. It's, it's an event now, isn't it, the barrier draw, with, the, of course, the, the, the horses running on the beach. It's, it's tremendous. It really is. It's great for the Gold Coast. It's great for Queensland, and... I've got no doubt it's 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 the it's the flagship of, of Queensland racing. Yeah, and look when it started, if anyone and I've mentioned this many times yeah. during the week, if you go back yeah. on uh, YouTube and have a look at when Snippets did win the Magic Millions all those years ago, uh, there's so many people on track. They're, they flash to the crowd before the start, and there's uh, every vantage point's taken. There must have been people on the roof, but you can't see those. It was just obviously it was a massive thing, uh, such an uh, such a rich race for a provincial club. It was, um, and back in the day in '87, I, I didn't get there till '98. But I mean, if you talk to people about the crowds, I mean, they were everywhere, um, and fitting them in, they were just like sardines. But don't forget, there wasn't the dome in those days. Um, there wasn't uh, the grandstand as it is today, um, and there wasn't sort of the infrastructure there that is there today. So. I think the bookies are good to talk to about it too. You know, you, if you talk to, you know, some of the people who were back there in those days, you know, Laurie Bricknell, Peter Laird, all those guys, the bookmakers that were still, well, Peter's still bookmaking, but I mean, if you talk to those guys about about the crowds and the people, were, you know, lined up to bet, it was just incredible. It's all, it's, all, it's all a different scenario now, but I mean, look, the memories are great. And I watched some of those replays. It, it, it gets the emotions going. It really does. Yeah. Uh, now, I've, I've set you a task here. I've given you my top 10, but not in any order. And you've yep. added in a few of your yep. own for this race call. So yep. I won't ask you what your favourite Magic Millions is because probably, it'll probably come out in your race call here anyway. So if you can give us well, your... I think, I think oh, sorry. Yeah, I think it's dangerous probably going from um, from era to era. I mean, people always say, what's the best horse you ever saw? I said, oh, well, I think Kingston Town. Like, oh, what about Winks or what about... Yeah. Um, you know, so-and-so or, you know, I said, well, that's fine. But that's just when I was a kid, I grew up loving Kingston Town because he just he, he brought me to the races and I mean we all have favourites and I think that what I've done is I've gone through the list and there's just so many good horses that, that won it but there's so I was just going through I, I forget Tristan got beaten in 1989 I mean one of the great broodmares of all time there were so many good horses that actually got beaten we talked yesterday about Farnham got beaten yep. he won the Golden Slipper do you know what I mean uh, you've just got to be on spot on on the day and there's there's been so many good horses over the years that got beat um, but went on to be great. I mean, Magic Albert ran third in the race. I remember uh, Justin Chen walking the track on the day of the races, and he went on to be, well, great sire and a great racehorse. So there's so many horses who just got beaten in the Magic Millions. All righty. Well, lay it on us, Steve. I'm looking forward to this. 
All right, we're moving the line now for the running of the best Magic Millions that I can put together. And these runners are going up. St. Jude goes in. Brian York brings it forward. Assertive lad. And there's Shane Dye, the Kiwi, bringing assertive lad up. And uh, Chris Munts is now a successful trainer. Of course, uh, he rides Dance Hero. Karuda Queen is in. Snippets, the inaugural winner, is up with General Adeem. Feeling ready. Sunlight, Clan O'Sullivan, Grant Cooksley. And now Don's the training cap. Moves into line. Testa Rossa, lovely jubbly. She goes up to an outside gate. Capitalist is in with Brave Warrior and Sea Cabin. She's certainly one of my favourites. She moves in line. The late Ken Russell rides Sea Cabin. We're just about ready to run. Well, back in those days, uh, Jeff Fanning was a starter. Uh, and he's on the stand. And we're just about ready to run. Stand by for a start. He looks across the line. Clan O'Sullivan stands in well. We're ready. Racing now to the cheer of the crowd. And Clan O'Sullivan was the first to hop out. No surprise there. Bold promise began fast and sunlight is showing great pace from out deep on the track. She's going to come across and sit up on the speed. Feeling ready, St. Judas deeper out and assertive lads off the track. Dies trying to find a spot. Then General Nadine. Dipman's got it over travelling. Seventh on the inside of Dance Hero. Karuda Queen then snippets the 1987 winner. Testa Rossa, lovely jubbly. Seema's got it back in the field with Capitalist. Brave Warriors back second last and Sea Cap in the filly. She brings up the rear. They're travelling. They're flying. Clan O'Sullivan's the pilot led by a length or so on bold. Promise Sunlight enjoys a great run. General Deem's caught up in traffic. Dance Hero hooked to the outside as they come up towards the top of the straight with 450 metres to run. Karuda Queen searching for a run as assertive lads under pressure. Testa Rossa and snippets down the outside. Well on the straight, 300 out. Clan O'Sullivan is the leader. Bold Promise and Sunlight. General Dean got up on the fence. Dittman's trying to push through now. General Dean's up to Clan O'Sullivan. Here's Dance Hero and Snippets. Smith let go on Snippets on the outside. He's charging after General Dean. They come down to the wire in the millions. And Snippets has just beaten General Dean. Dance Hero battled on well for third. Brave Warrior flew home for fourth. That's about as much as I got in me. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've done very, very well <laughs> off the bench there. But, now, but when you, you've got when you go through the field, yeah. and it's just incredible. Um, and, and not only not only horses that got beaten, but some of the the mares or the fillies that got beaten have gone like she's mean. Has been a great brood mare. There's so many great brood mares that have come out of this. And gee, I tell you what, it's it's, it's an incredible race and unbelievable. And the, and of course, who can forget the. Uh, the uh, the protest in 2012 yeah. in Dryfontaine and no looking back. I was in the stewards' room. It was just tense. It was one of those things, you know. It was incredible. Uh, there's always a story. There's a new chapter written every year. Well, I had Snippets as my favourite, number one, and we yeah. both agree. So that is fantastic. I had General Nadeem as yeah. number eight, but could have had him further up. Yeah. Dance Hero yeah, I had him there. Think- yeah, go on. Yeah, well, I mean, you look at you look at Snippets. He's not only been a great sire; he's a sire, a sire, he's a great broodmare yeah. sire. General Dean's one of the best broodmare sires, but not only a broodmare sire, but just a tremendous sire in general. Bold promise. Her family is one of the great families of the stud book. And, and you look at a horse like St Jude. He was a, he was a tremendous sire here in Queensland. Testa Rossa. He ran into a horse called Reduce Choice. What an unlucky <laughs> horse he was in his era. And then Bray Warrior. He sadly lost Bray Warrior too early. What a great race horse he was. And but the, the, the great Neil Williams rode um, Brave Warriors. So you know, there's a few passings there, like uh, Neil Williams, Ken Russell are no longer with us, you know. And then you've got, you got guys like, you know, Grant Cooksey's now a trainer, Chris Munster's now a trainer. It's just, there's just so many stories out of every Magic Millions. Yeah, and another chapter will be written tomorrow. Steve, we have to take a break. Thank you so much for joining us again. I wish we had longer. Next year, I will make sure I dedicate half the show to you. That's for sure. Thanks for joining oh, us. That's all good. <laughs> Thanks, great guys. job. Have a great Magic Millions. Speak to you soon. You too. We'll head for a break. 
Surfside Bus Lines. Free shuttle buses to and from the Magic Millions. Visit surfside.com.au. This is Magic Millions Radio with Chris Nelson. Well, Nick, uh, Tom Hackett gave us his best bets earlier on. Now it's time for you and I to give the listeners our best for Magic Millions Day, and you have the floor. Uh, yeah, Chris, I'm, I'm pretty confident we can kick things off in the opener in the Magic Millions Maiden. Uh, it's a $250,000 race over the 1200 Lindsay Parker, Ben and J.D. Hayes, they bring up Chartbuster. I think it's about $20 there with um, with Ladbrokes there and Tommy. Uh, look, six starts, four minor placings, and... The blinkers go on for the first time on Saturday. Uh, won a trial at the Gold Coast on January 4 by three lengths. Wore the blinkers for the first time. And yep. uh, it was really impressive that day. You go back through its form and it's got form around It's Hot, Flying Award, and even it beat home Ain't No Deal Done a couple of times at sort of those midweek races in Melbourne. Uh, Ain't No Deal Done, a listed winner. Look, I, I couldn't believe the price that went up. So I'm, I'm pretty keen on it to kick things off. So... It'll either be uh, yeah lobster or baked beans. <laughs> <laughs> Two minute noodles yeah. is the best. Is the racing person's uh, snack on a day like that's that. Right. So that's your best bet or yep. best value, uh, and both. Does it cover everything? Uh, I've made it. I've made it a special. Yeah, look, I, it's probably your best value realistically. And the one, I, the other one I was keen on was Snap Dancer in the Phillies and Mares race, uh, third in the race last year. I just think sense of timing about it going into this year's edition. Um, she was good first up the other day, and she'll be she'll be pretty fresh into this. So I think Snap Dance, another special. J-Mac on board. That's right. That's all righty. I'm making my best race five, number 14, Isotope. The mayor hopefully she can make amends for losing Ryan Maloney last year in the Guineas. Ryan Maloney stays on tomorrow, and I think they can get the money. Race five, number 14. Uh, my value comes up in race seven. This is my long shot. Race seven, number five, Golden Artie in the uh, two-year-old Magic Millions, and also race eight, number six, Starman, in the three-year-old Magic Millions. Nick, thanks for joining me this morning. Great to have you in. Great to have you in. I want to thank everybody that's made the show what it has been this week. All the guests, they are too numerous to mention. There's been some uh, cracking guests. Our Magic Millions memories have been terrific. It's been a lot of fun to do the show. Unfortunately, it comes to an end until next year, hopefully. And look, I've got a bit of a tear in my eye. It's, uh, It's been a lot of fun, so... Really enjoyed it. Hope everyone has a great day out at Magic Millions tomorrow. If you're having a bet, do so responsibly, but hopefully you can back a few winners. And until next time, all the best.